Hey guys, my name is Crystal Kenny, and I'm in love with creating. All things artistic and imagination involved. I'm an American girl who chased her creative dreams all the way to Paris, France, making a living using photography. This podcast takes you inside the stories of all the artsy folks I've met along the way and gives you that extra push to discover your creative gifts. The desire to create is deeply inside each and every one of us, and I give you the tools and inspiration to find a new way of living a more creative life. This is La Vie Creative, the podcast. A Franco-American illustrator, author, and food stylist based in Paris. Her illustrations explore fashion, travel, lifestyle, and architecture. And her clients include Vogue, The New York Times, and The Wall Street Journal. My guest today is Jesse Canellis weiner so thanks for being here today, Jesse. I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about your illustrations, and I'm a big fan of your work. I've been following you on Instagram for quite some time. So can you tell listeners about what you do, how you got started? Sure. Thanks so much for having me, first of all. So I grew up in Chicago in the city, and both of my parents kind of have artistic side projects. My mom was an art teacher and studied art in college, so there was always a little bit of a something going on at home. Uh, every now and then she would open her art trunk and we'd play with supplies and I was always making things from an early age. So that was cakes, paper laptops, uh, lots of different things. Oh, that's but, so fun. <laughs> yeah, so I heard recently that you should pick a job um, based on what you love when you're 10 years old. So I feel like I definitely ended up doing something that was very resemblant of what I was doing as a kid. So I look back on some of my, my mom's notes when I was a kid, it was maybe two or three and my, and it said, you know, Jesse loves to glue things together. <laughs> Jesse still loves to glue things together. I, I certainly do. So I always felt like it was a thread, just what I like doing. And uh, I always loved cooking. I feel like that gave me some independence. So long story short, I studied art in college and theater as well. I wanted to be a musical theater actress, still do. I'm waiting for my big break. But I ended up working in the costume shop at my school just because I, I hated auditioning and my first auditions really flopped. So yeah, <laughs> I, was, uh, I still love theater, so I wanted to be a costume designer. I worked in costume design in New York and then ended up coming to Paris. I met someone and we ended up getting married. And so I tried to pursue costume design in Paris, but... It's a metier or a job that's very closed off and you have to have mm -hmm. a certain network. And at that point, I was too old to go back to school officially and I wasn't able to break into the network at all. So I've always been drawing. I've always had that creative bug. And uh, I started a blog and started telling stories about being in Paris as a newlywed. And then instead of adding shitty little iPhone cameras, and it didn't even have an iPhone back then, so the, the pictures were really bad. <laughs> I thought, oh, I know how to draw. I'll just add a little drawing just oh, wow. to illustrate it. And so, so you're totally self-taught. I studied art, but yeah, watercolor is what I use, and that's what I learned on my own. So I'd say I'm self-taught in that way. Mm -hmm. So I started adding illustrations, and my husband, who's an artist, said, hey, these are really good. You should really consider pursuing this. And at that point, I was like, no, I'm a costume designer. I need to be a costume designer. And I thought, oh, I'm just, you know, these are little things I do on the side. I don't even think I'm that good. 
So I worked really hard and, you know, put together a portfolio, started reaching out to art directors little by little and got my first job. So that's kind of how it happened. It was kind of me being scrappy and trying to find another job (laughs) that I kind of liked. I mean, being an English teacher is great, but after a certain amount of time, you want to live in France, it's nice to find something that's somewhat passionate, you know? So yeah. Yeah, I feel like all of us start as like English teachers when we move to Paris. Yeah, I feel like... I could be a, a babysitter, a nanny. I've yeah. done run my course of, you know, English speaking jobs in Paris. Of course. Yeah, we've all been there. And is that like why you chose illustration? Because the more you shared your work and the more good feedback you got, the more confident you became in doing that. Yeah, I think I've, I've always liked writing and telling stories, in my head at least. And back in the day when blogs were still a thing, I, I really liked sharing a little bit more about what I was going through and thinking visually about that as well. And mm-hmm. so that was really kind of the way that I was able to think about what I wanted to draw and what I wanted to say. A lot of young artists, you know, they say, like, I love drawing, but I don't know what to draw. But for me, it had a very personal kind of storytelling aspect about it. So do you think that Paris changed the way that you illustrated or that you painted? I mean, like you said, some people, they don't know what to draw, but I feel like Paris would just give you so much to draw. But also, I noticed, like you said, you talk a lot about your feelings and things you're going through. So I guess it's a mixture for you. Totally. I mean, I was in my maybe early 20s at that point, and I felt I had a lot of feelings, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> and um, second of all, I, I was, you know, a newlywed. I had no job. I had no real tangible things going on in my life. So it was just a very vulnerable moment where I felt like, hey, I've got a lot to say and I'm going to just start sharing this. And I don't know what's going to come out of it, but I'm just going to start and see what happens. So, and of course, Paris, you know, being in a new culture, I spoke French, but there's still a lot of cultural stuff that. I'm still catching up with. Yeah, we all are. (laughs) Just being in a new city where everything is different and feeling like a total outsider and, you know, even jumping into a a new job as well. So it was a lot to process and I it was the ultimate form of catharsis, I think, was just sharing about that and visualizing it as well. Thinking of funny ways to kind of use an illustration to also reinforce the point, you know? So Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I know a lot of people get kind of nervous to share, you know, personal feelings and things like that on Instagram. Do you feel like through your drawings, it became a little easier, like art was kind of a therapy for you? Yeah, I think so. It's, um, it's always nice to take a step back and think about telling a story or sharing something uh, in a different way. I feel like the visuals can bridge a gap that words can't necessarily do sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I shared about my miscarriage, which was kind of difficult to do. But for me, when it happened, it was kind of, I needed to document everything just to try to get through it. So mm-hmm. yeah, like and people were supportive. Power. Yeah, it's nice to have that power to say like, okay, I'm really going through it now. I just need to do this thing that I do to try to work through this. So that mm-hmm. was very difficult to share, especially because I feel like if you're a woman and you share any personal things and people really want to share their own experience, which is great. But it was, uh, I got a lot of messages and sorry if I didn't respond to everybody, but it was just a lot to To process. Yeah. But you know, I feel like I'm, I was able to share that about myself and, you know, the ultimate goal was to try to help other people and try to help 
other people not feel as alone because they, they definitely felt that way when it happened. Yeah, I think that it's very a very taboo subject. And I've had a lot of friends, like you said, have gone through the same thing. And it's nice when someone brings it to light, you know, where people can can have a platform to talk about it. And I think, yeah, well, with your illustrations, that's helped a lot. And I know now you have a, a little one, you have a baby and uh, has being a mother changed the way you work, changed your, I mean, obviously it's changed your life, but has it changed your work? Uh, I love to say that I'm so much more efficient now. <laughs> 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 I'm still working it out. I mean, luckily we got a spot in the crash, the nursery school. And so the baby started in November and I've been easing into working again, but it's, I'm still figuring it out. And now that we're confined, it's been a whole other kind of, yeah. but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about motherhood and I think a lot of people are like, you should do this and you should do this with your work. But I feel like it's a whole new subject matter that I'm really jumping into. Mm-hmm. So it's always nice to have a whole new way of thinking about things and new material. So yeah, definitely. Being a having an extra person in the family totally changes your life, obviously. So yeah, yeah, he's great, and he's, he's a really lovely baby. So I'm just thankful for that. But yeah, it's, I'm still getting used to it. I, I mean, I don't want to sugarcoat anything. Yeah, of course, <laughs> life is not easy. Balance, which will never really be a balance, but. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because so many people talk about work-life balance. Do you think that can actually exist? No, I think it's it's all or nothing and everything at once. It's just you just have to adapt and there's you can't really think dramatic or romantically about it ever mm-hmm. balanced. It's full on, but it's you know, it's dynamic. It's you can say that much. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And who are some people that inspire you? Like what are some resources that you use when you need some inspiration or something that helped you with your illustrations? I think just not working sometimes is the best inspiration. So if I'm feeling stumped, I'd like to take long walks or do something other than working uh, I like reading the newspaper and I don't have much time to read much of anything these days but I listen to a yeah. lot of podcasts uh, Terry Gross photography my husband's a photographer so I'm surrounded by a lot of that uh, nature in particular is a big source of you know regeneration and, and inspiration as well mm-hmm yeah, I feel like nature is involved in a lot of people's creativity, and it might be harder to get into nature sometimes since we live in a city, but you live right by that beautiful park, so that helps. Yes, I do. So luckily, I can tap into it whenever I need to. Yeah, definitely. So I would say like relaxing and kind of regenerating is very helpful to your work. Yeah, not relaxing per se, but you know, <laughs> not working or just... Yeah, taking a break. Taking a break, yes. Yeah. And do you have advice for people? I mean, I think that so many people start something creative and they're like, I'm no good or I don't know what I'm doing. And then, you know, I think it's you're taking a big risk by trying to make money as being an artist. So do you have advice for people who are just starting out? Yes, I would say just find the time to work on whatever you're doing every day. I feel like that's you need to be committed to get better. I think you mentioned this earlier, but a lot of people think like, oh, I took this painting class I'm gonna I'm an illustrator now I'm gonna do my work but just get better before you start sharing it's good to start Mm -hmm. sharing too but just kind of know when to start sharing it's important to start sharing but also have an editorial eye Mm -hmm. I'd say yeah use the internet wisely Uh, think about how your work looks online so clean it up as much as possible and think about the size of the image on a screen for example if it's a super detailed 
drawing and it's teeny, teeny, tiny on Instagram, you may not be able to get the same impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to think about your mediums. Yeah, exactly. Say meet other creative people because it it's always helps to be able to brainstorm and bounce ideas back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I like to say, if you want to be an artist, be an artist. So read as much as possible as you can on the subject about, you know, find something related to what you do, but in a whole other context. So for example, I love food growing up and it's a subject that I really knew a lot about. Mm-hmm. And so when I started illustrating, it was an easy subject for me to really get into. And I think people responded to that as well. And so from there, I was able to write cookbooks and illustrate cookbooks and and really find that micro network. So it's good to be all in on one subject, but find, you know, other things that you really love to do because that can help enrich in your work as well. Oh, yeah, that's great advice. I feel like that's a commonality with many people I've spoken to is that, you know, cross cross mediums, you know, like one thing inspires another thing. So that's cool that you can combine cooking with your illustrations. And I'm curious, how long does it typically take you to paint something? If I have an idea in my head, it can usually happen fairly quickly. But uh, if I'm working with clients, there's a lot of back and forth with sketches and this and that. But once I'm sitting down, and it depends on the complexity of the drawing, but it can take anywhere from 20 minutes to a couple hours. So it's fairly quick too. I say, yeah, another piece of advice for people who are starting out is don't feel discouraged if you're if you don't have a fine art background or if you didn't study something in, in school because uh, for my work in particular, a lot of people say like, "Oh, I can tell you're not a, a professional watercolorist." <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but I mean, I think, I think style comes from teaching yourself, or you know, it's you sharing that part of yourself as well, and it doesn't necessarily have to go through a certain path or that kind of thing. So don't feel discouraged if you don't have the credentials. And Yeah. And I think more, some people will be more attracted to your style for that reason, because it's different. Yeah, it's different and it's unique and it's not, yeah, it's, it's a part of who I am, but it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's yeah. In a way. Yeah. And how do you know when an illustration is finished? And I'm talking about in your own personal preference, because I know yeah. when you work for a client, they're like, okay, this, 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 but when you're doing it yourself, like, how do you know? Yeah, that's another good tip is to know when to stop. So uh, watercolor in particular is very finicky and and uh, you have to know when to stop because very easily things can get really overworked and the colors can get muddy. Mm-hmm. So it's always a fine line where it's just one step too far and you just have to start over again. So I usually know when to stop. Some It's really is a, all about layers. So oftentimes you have to let all the layers dry before you can add the next one. So I just usually know when it looks good. Sometimes a drawing might need a little more contrast or a little bit of shadow, but I usually know when it's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you've done so many now, and I'm sure like over the years that process has changed as far as knowing when to stop. Yeah, and even clients sometimes will ask for more and or they'll ask you to redo something, but there's a lot to be said for the first try that's you know always so much better than the second or the third or the fourth try, so... Yeah, I don't want it to sound romantic, but it's yeah, you have to keep your your skill level up so you can perform in in a way that uh, works with client work as well. And what do you do when you have difficult clients like someone who's just like, nothing is good enough, nothing's working? Like, do you have any advice for that? Because I know, especially with what 
we do sometimes people are like no that that doesn't work for me but you don't you can't figure out what they want you know what do you do yeah I feel I don't know if you have had this experience but usually people who don't pay money or pay very little money are the most uh, challenging because yeah, same <laughs> they may not have a, a visual education they may not know what they want and sometimes you need to show them in watercolor what they don't want before they can tell you what they do want so yeah uh, if you're at the point I, I don't think people should work for free but you know, it helps to have a contract saying, you know, I can only do two rounds of sketches. And then once it's in watercolor, then I can update little details. But as far as composition and everything is concerned, that has to happen in the sketch phase. So I think communication is key. It's kind of crazy how sometimes you'll ask a client, like, do you like left or right? And they say, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, some people just can't communicate. So just think very strategically about how you communicate. And uh, most of my work happens over email too. So there's a lot of margin for error. Sometimes it's just best to pick up the phone and ask somebody what they want. But yeah. Yeah. And also you can educate the client, like you said, by telling them how the process works. Yeah. Just protect yourself as much as possible. And I mean, I've definitely at the beginning, I made a lot of mistakes and I figured a lot of things out and I can still do a lot better as well. But mm -hmm. it's just about trial and error and just having a clear communication as much as possible. Yeah, I totally agree. It's all about communicating. <laughs> and knowing what they want. And if they don't know what they want, then have them send you examples of what they don't like. Or Yeah. Oh, that's good advice. Yeah, what they don't like. That way you at least kind of know what you're shooting for. Because, I mean, there are some times where I felt totally lost working on a project. Yeah. Day, and then I found out that I was completely lost. So I feel like if you feel that you're lost, you probably are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just kind of follow your own feelings for that. And yeah, definitely communicate better. I'm curious, do you think that creativity involves putting your heart and soul into your work? Or is it more like a free flow, like you're freely witnessing the surprising results of your actions? Like, how do you feel about the process? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard one. Like, do you think it's just like you show up, your mind is just free to do what it wants? Or do you have to get like super focused? And I think this also depends on the project too. I'm talking about projects you're not paid for, you're just doing for yourself. Yeah. I think for me, it's always been a part of who I am. And it's always been kind of my lifeblood. It's what I love to do. I just, even now I'm, I'm working on some little cards for the doc, uh, doctors and nurses in oh. Paris. So for me, I'm just sitting down and watching my baby with the, my left eye. Then with my right eye, I've knocked out 10 little cards that they can post up. And so it's totally off the top of my head. But for me, that's what brings me the most joy. And it's, it's almost like a reflex for me, I think, mm -hmm. in, in some ways. So uh, I'm lucky that's always been kind of a part of, of me and how I've always been, but creativity has to be nurtured as well. It's not something that you just is attached to taking care of yourself and surrounding yourself with things that inspire you to, you know, the most that you can, but it's, it's mysterious, I'd say. And uh, yeah. like I mentioned before, if I have an inspiration for a personal thing, I have to bang it out right away. Cause there's maybe 20 minutes where I feel <laughs> enough to bang something out. Um, so, so you would say it's more free flowing in that way. It can be, but I'm. I also do it for a living, so I can't be completely romantic about it. And mm -hmm. the window, just waiting for inspiration, whatever that means. I feel like I have to uh, read or sketch or going back to the things that inspire me, um, just to be able to to find whatever it is I want to do. So it's a, it's a muscle to flex, so to speak. 
Yeah, it's a balance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And do you pay attention to other people's reactions to your work? Does it affect what you create? Like, are you really reading all those comments? Because you have a, a great following on Instagram. Like, I think mostly you're getting great feedback. But do you ever have feedback and you're like, ooh, you know? Yeah, I don't know if you notice in France, people. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that. <laughs> that they don't like. So sometimes I hear things that are a little upsetting. If I'm sharing personal work, I kind of know if it's going to work or not. I don't know why, but I, I kind of know. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I published quite a few books and I've read Amazon reviews that have been really hurtful. <laughs> so yeah, you're like, eh. yeah, I've stopped reading those, but I, it's hard to avoid them sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you put so much in your work, it's always hard to get criticism, but I, sometimes I can see a little grain of salt in it too. Mm -hmm. And do you think that living in France, because like, as we talked about, French people can be critical, but they mean well, um, but do you think that's helped you to become better at your work because you can be more open to it now? Yeah, I think it depends on who's saying it. This is kind of personal, but I reached out to a, this big agent in Paris because I've kind of been wanting to work with an agent for the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. I sent them some work samples and luckily, I mean, it was nice. That was the, the silver lining is he, he wrote back and I was able to, you know, check that off my list. But he said, you know, well, I don't see much originality in your work. And, you know, uh, I'm contacted by thousands of artists every year. And I know right away when I see one I want to work with. And you're not bad. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, it's done for a while. But then I was able to say, you know what? That's fine. You know, I, I don't need an agent. I make a living. So it's Yeah. I don't um, need your help. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's so exciting that you can make money doing what you enjoy, you know, because I think that's the goal for many creative people. So you've written several books. Can you tell us a little bit about the newest one that's coming out? Sure. It came out in February. It's a great time to publish a walking guide. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah. <laughs> so it's called New York in Stride. It's the follow-up to Paris in Stride, which is a top-selling Rizzoli book. Um, so the idea is that it's a guide written by someone who knows the city it's kind of for someone who's already seen the Eiffel Tower and all that. So it's uh, it's not an all-encompassing guide. It's very specifically broken down into seven walking, mini walks of, of Paris. So it's everything grouped together, cultural institutions, restaurants, cafes, all of the good stuff. So you can really navigate the city in a way in a one, two-hour chunk, and you can see something that flows really nicely and really gives you a good taste of the city. And are these some of your favorite places? Is that how you chose? Uh, Paris, yes. And then uh, in New York, I w worked with a New Yorker who knows the city much better than I do. So mm -hmm. he spotted out the, the places. And then there are over 150 watercolors and maps in the book. So oh, uh, wonderful. I tested out some of the walks myself. Very cool. <laughs> and as the illustrator, can you tell me the most beautiful place to illustrate in Paris? In Paris, it's anywhere on the Seine. Um, just having the perspective on the city, uh, it's really quite incredible. Mm -hmm. And the reflections from the water. Yes, yes. Very mm -hmm. cool. And do you have any other projects that are coming out soon that you're working on that you want to share with listeners? I'm illustrating a cookbook that'll come out next year. It's not my own book. Uh -huh. um, otherwise, I did a project with uh, Chevrolet. Ah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> big names yeah 
a lot of smaller things, but um, yeah, we'll see if there's another in stride book. I don't know if I mentioned the name of the book, but New York in stride is the New York book and okay. Paris in stride is the Paris book. And then oh, also okay. people are cooped up. Uh, I did a coloring book called edible paradise. I uh, saw the co- the uh, coloring book. It's so fun. And where yeah, can people get the books? Where can they buy them? Um, ideally from your favorite indie bookstore. I think a lot of the indie bookstores are doing drive-by pickup. Very cool. Um, or they're on Amazon as well, but as you like. And then where can listeners find you online? Uh, just search my name. I'm pretty uh, findable. Jesse Canellis Weiner. I think you'll you'll put my name in the, the show notes. I definitely will. Thank you so much for talking to me today. And I can hear your little man wanting mommy. So I'm excited yeah. to have him on the show too. <laughs> Thank you so much, Crystal. We'll talk soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to La Vie Creative. You can find more information on MissParisPhoto.com. And if you enjoyed this show, please feel free to share and spread the word for all my creative guests. We have the power to help them to keep doing what they love. See you next time.